Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. So glad to see everybody here this morning. It's a special day. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Worship the Lord. Seeing many of you uh, come and uh, go on vacations and come home and uh, people been in and out. Uh, summer is almost over. Can you believe it? We're only in the dog days of heat right here in August, but summer's almost over. And we're so excited about what God is doing here at Encounter Church, what he's doing in our family, and what we're going to see him do this coming fall. I'm so, so pleased to just welcome everybody here today. And it's my privilege once again to share a message from God's wonderful word. And I have some exciting news this morning. As usual, if you would like a printout of the sermon uh, outline and small group questions, there's a printout. We always have it available. It's not in the lobby anymore. It's actually in that little page holder right there next to the tithes and offerings box. If anybody would like a printout of today's outline, but drum roll, please. As promised, we said it would happen in August. If you would prefer to follow along digitally, we have our digital outline now available for you. So how can I do that? Well, if you want to follow along, if you want to grab the printout, you like to take notes on paper, great, go grab one. But if you'd rather follow along digitally, and you can actually take notes on there digitally, pull out your Bible app. All right, just pull out your Bible app. Which Bible app? The Bible app. The one that's the U version, the, the Bible app. So they don't have the Bible app. Get the Bible app, okay? It could can, it can be on your phone, on your iPad, or whatever. Just pull out your Bible app, all right? Those that want to follow along digitally, if you pull out your Bible app at the bottom right corner, it says more. Everybody see more? Click more. Then go to events. Okay, go to events. And then obviously choose Encounter Church. All right. Boom shakalaka. All right. (laughs) Just in case you missed that, pull out your Bible app, right bottom corner, more, then click events. Encounter Church should be the number one there on there. It should be at the top. Click Encounter Church, and there you have today's service outline, as well as preaching notes that you can follow along with, as well as take your own notes in there. Somebody say, how cool is that? (laughs) Well... We're continuing today. Now I'm going to be preaching and everybody's going to be looking down at their phone, right? (laughs) I personally still prefer pen and paper, but, you know, everybody's different. So now we have it available both ways, however you'd like to follow along. Today we're going to continue our year-long theme, Solid, right? Where we've been learning biblical foundations to become strong disciples. And all year long, we have been learning and saying that practicing. Come on, what? Practicing God's word makes me strong. We've been learning this all year. And for August, we're in a series called Plugged In. We're learning how to get plugged in, get connected to the life and power of God, right? And 
You know, I wanted to ask you this morning, I know this has happened to me, I wonder if it's ever happened to you, have you ever driven yourself half crazy wondering why something isn't working? Only to try and press every button and wonder what in the world's going on only to find out it wasn't plugged in. Or somehow at some point it came unplugged. Have you ever done that? No? Well, maybe I am the only one in the building. You know, I, there, there's been times when I've, I've tried to, uh, I was vacuuming and it was plugged in, but at some point it came unplugged and I'm like, you know, trying to vacuum and it just won't work. Well, recently, it, in fact, this past week, I always have to pick on Oliver. I don't know why I always have to pick on Oliver, but uh, we had a Nintendo incident. <clears throat> and he came upstairs just in a puddle of tears that his Nintendo didn't work anymore. And he wanted to play really, really bad. So obviously, I come downstairs and realized the Nintendo was unplugged right? Unfortunately, this can happen in our spiritual lives. Unfortunately, sometimes we're not plugged in, or we might have been plugged in, and we came unplugged, and we didn't realize it, and we're wondering what is going on. Why isn't this thing working, right? And so today, we're going to learn about how to stay plugged in. Last week, I told you that you're going to be hearing a lot. Three words, and we've been actually saying it and praying it and experiencing it now for a little over a month. And that is, those are the three words. Pray, worship, and wait. Pray, worship, and wait. In fact, something incredible has been happening in our Wednesday night prayer services. We're calling them Revive Nights because we're precisely doing that. We're worshiping, we're praying, and we're waiting. And as we've been waiting in the presence of the Lord, his presence has been coming so powerfully. Our lives have been being changed. I want to encourage you, if you haven't been out on a Wednesday night, join us for a Wednesday revive night. Now, last Sunday, we talked about prayer. If you weren't here last Sunday, I encourage you to go online and listen to the podcast about prayer. It was a powerful day here uh, and encounter church. And today we're going to move on to the next word, which is worship, right? And I want you to turn to somebody and tell them before we get started, you got to plug your worship in. <laughs> plug it in, plug it in. So what am I talking about? What in the world are you talking about? Last week we, we learned about how to plug in our prayers, right? That it's not just about praying, it's about making sure our, our prayers are plugged into the power. How many of us want our prayers plugged into the power? We learned last week how it's important, I, I don't know about you, but I don't wanna just pray and my prayers hit the ceiling and come back down, right? No, I want my prayers plugged into heaven. And we learned about how to have our prayer life plugged in to the power and to the life of God. And so today, I want to ask the question, where do I plug my worship in? Because we don't want to just have a, a worship that is just some nice songs that we sing or some things that we do, some religious motions that we go through and call that worship. 
I want my worship to be connected to heaven. I want my worship to be plugged into the presence and the power of Jesus. Am I the only one that wants their worship plugged in? I want my worship plugged in, and I know you do too. And so the question today then is, how and where do I plug my worship in? For that, let's go to John chapter 4. Who's ready for the word of God today? John chapter 4, verses 1 through 26. You can follow along on the screen if you'd like, or in your Bible, or in the Bible app, however you wish. But we're going to learn. Last week, we learned how Jesus taught his disciples to plug their prayers in. Today, Jesus is teaching us how to plug our worship in. Verse 1, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee, and he had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Uh, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk. We know Jesus was God, but Jesus came as a man, so he got tired, right? Jesus was tired from the long walk, and he sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Pause. In Jesus' day, in this culture, there was racial cultural tension between Jews and Samaritans. In fact, they wouldn't even talk to each other. That's how, how tense the tension was. They didn't, not only, they didn't not only relate, they didn't even talk to each other, okay? So, again, it's a Samaritan woman, and Jesus says to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. And the woman was surprised. For Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. So she, see, she, she, so she said to Jesus, and I think she said it like this. Oh, now you want to talk to me. You need something. You're thirsty. Now you want to talk to me, right? You ever had tension with somebody? And they didn't talk to you? But all of a sudden... They needed something, and then they come and talk to you. It's like, oh, now you want to have a conversation, right? Now, I don't know if that was her attitude, but in reality, the fact that Jesus even spoke to her was him confronting and just breaking right through any tension that was there. Aren't you glad Jesus breaks through the tension, right? He helps us also break through tension if there's tension amongst us. Amen? Jesus, he just broke right on through and asked her for a drink. And she's like, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Almost like, why don't you go ask one of your Jew friends, right? Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus, it's almost just like, he just like ignored that. He's just like, I'm just going to go right onto your heart, okay? Jesus replied, if you only knew who you were talking to, basically, right? If you only knew who you were talking to, if you knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Say living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. 
Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks of this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. Say never again. And it wasn't because, this is really important before we keep reading. It wasn't because all she needed was one and done, right? It's not because just one cup of water was enough to last her the rest of her life to never be thirsty again. No, he said, if you drink of the water I give you, you'll never be thirsty again because the next sentence, it becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Not just because one drink is enough, but because you can always come back for more and more and more and more. If you drink of the water that Jesus gives, there is an endless supply and you never have to live your life thirsty again. He wants to quench your thirst. He wants to satisfy your hunger. Not because just one touch from him is enough, but because you can have one touch, two touch, 20 touches, a thousand touches. We can keep coming to Jesus more and more and more. And every time we come to him, he will touch us. He will fill us. He will satisfy us. Please, sir, (laughs) the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. She was kind of getting it. Go get your husband. It was like, I want to share this with him too, right? Go, go get your husband. Jesus told her, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> You're right. You don't have a husband. For you've had five. Now listen, it wasn't, you're right, you don't have a husband. And you're sleeping around right now. It was, he could see into her brokenness. He could see into her broken life. He said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands. And you're not even married to the man you're living with now. You've certainly spoken the truth. See, when we encounter Jesus, he confronts us with our sin. He confronts us with our brokenness. And it's not to condemn us. It's not to hurt us. It's not to to send us away. It's because he wants to heal us, right? Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that the only that Jerusalem is the only place of worship. Come on, this, this conversation is going where it needs to go. Because, in fact, the answer to this woman's need and brokenness was worship. Okay? While we Samaritans claim it's here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worship, Jesus, so she's, 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 she's kind of getting religious on him, kind of like, You know, who's right and what's the correct theology? And once again, Jesus just kind of blows right on past that because Jesus isn't interested in that. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father here on this mountain or over there in Jerusalem. 
You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, and this wasn't, this wasn't criticism. This was just reality. While we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. We know that God had literally chosen the lineage of Jacob or Israel to bring about the revelation of the Messiah, to bring about the revelation of the true God to all nations, right? So Jesus has just kind of given her a reality check, and then he says it. He just goes for it. But the time is coming, and indeed, it's here now. Come on, say, it's here now. Today is the day, right? It's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for. I don't know about you, but that really gets my attention. That God, the Father, is actually looking for a certain type of people. He's looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who's called Christ. And when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And then Jesus does something with this precious Samaritan woman that he didn't do with anybody else. Read the Gospels. He told her, I am the Messiah. He let her in on the secret that he didn't let anybody else in on. Now, of course, when they asked him, his disciples asked him, and people were kind of suggesting that he was the Messiah. But this is, I believe, it's either one of two or the only place in the whole Gospels where Jesus literally says to somebody, I am. You're talking to him, okay? We'll get to that there at the end. So the question today is, how do I plug my worship in? Anybody want to plug your worship in? Last week, we learned about three prayer sockets where we got, had to pl plug our prayer into, right? Today, we're going to look at worship sockets. Where do we plug our worship into? And I'm going to give you two of them today. Are you ready? It's very simple. We have to plug our worship into spirit, and we have to plug our worship into truth. Jesus said, true worshipers worship God in spirit and in truth. If you want, if I want my worship to be truly connected to heaven and truly plugged into the presence and power of God, my worship must be plugged in to spirit and to truth. What do I mean by that? I'm going to give you a very simple explanation and then we're going to break those two down. Are you ready? Plug it into spirit, that's inward worship. Plug it into truth, that's outward worship. Inward spirit, outward truth. Who's ready for the spirit? The first thing, the first place we have to plug our worship into is into the spirit. This is inward worship. I like to call it Secret place worship, right? Worship in the secret place. What is the secret place? Well, Psalm 91 is one of many verses that talks about the secret place. It says that if we dwell in the secret place, we'll rest under the shadow of the Almighty, right? Secret place. 
Jesus talks about the secret place when he tells his disciples, when you pray, I want you to go into your closet and close the door. Doesn't necessarily have to be a closet, by the way. But basically, the secret place is that place only you and God can see. It's worship, worshiping God in a way that only you and God can see. Because when we come into corporate worship, which is amazing and powerful, and the presence of God comes in a very special way when we are in corporate worship altogether. But corporate worship should stand on the platform of our secret worship of God. When I worship God and nobody sees it but Him, when nobody feels it but Him, when nobody hears it but Him, the secret place with God, your private relationship with Jesus. This is worshiping in the Spirit, in the secret place. Now, I encourage you to have an actual time or place for this. Most people call this their devotional time or their quiet time, right? Now in modern day terms, I've heard people call it their devo, right? I'm having my devo. It's that place, it's that time of day that, that it's just special time where it's just you and God, where maybe you worship, you pray, you sing, you read the Bible, whatever you do to commune with God. But that secret place for me, Lately, it's been my back porch because it's not too hot in the morning, right? I can sit out there and sort of be alone, right, with all the squirrels and, and chipmunks and birds. And then the kids wake up and then it's no longer a secret, right? <laughs> but I encourage you to find a, a, a place or a time where you say, that's my secret place. For me, it's first thing in the morning. As soon as I wake up, I pour myself a cup of coffee and I go out onto my back porch all by myself and I talk to God, I worship God. Sometimes I sing, sometimes the squirrels sing with me. Just kidding, no. But sometimes the neighbors probably hear me. I, I pray, I read my Bible. It's my secret place of worship that only he sees, right? But let me tell you about an even more powerful secret place than a specific time or place. The only way I know how to describe it is it's my everywhere, all the time secret place. In fact, I could go there right now, standing in front of all of you. I could go to my secret place. Your secret place is actually inside of you. And you can go to your secret place when you're all alone, but you can go to yourself, you can go to your secret place if you're in the middle of a stadium, surrounded by people. You're everywhere, all the time secret place, it's inside of you. In fact, in the Old Testament, okay, in the Old Testament we see this place in the temple called the Holy of Holies. Say the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies was a very special place in the tabernacle, okay, where the presence of God would literally manifest, okay? And there was the Ark of the Covenant and the, and, and the cherubim that, that their wings were spread out over the Ark of the Covenant, and God would literally talk there, okay? God would speak there. In fact, when the, the system of worship that was sacrifices was instituted, um, once a year, 
only once a year, and only the high priest could go all the way through the tabernacle, past the holy place and all the other stuff that was in the tabernacle, only once a year, and only he could go into the holy of holies. Only he could go where the presence of God was to make atonement for sin, to bring about the forgiveness of sin for the people, okay? But what happened? What happened when Jesus, the very moment he breathed his last and he died on the cross in our place, what does the Bible say happened? It says there was a great earthquake and the curtain that was in the tabernacle that separated the holy place from the most holy place, the holy of holies, was torn in two, and it was open, okay? And that prophetically signified that now anyone who comes, get this, is very important, anyone who comes through the cross of Jesus Christ, through the death sacrifice of Jesus, through the blood of the Lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice of our sin. If I come to Jesus, I repent of my sins, his blood washes me clean, I'm made into a new person, and now as a new person who's cleaned and purified by the blood of Jesus, I can go all the way into the holy place where his presence is. Now listen, you know where today we could literally say the holy of holies is. It's inside of you. It's their secret place. Now the Bible says, we sang it. We are his temple, right? Our hearts are now your throne. We just sang it, right? King of glory, come and enter in. Not only to this room, come and enter in, right? The holy of holies by the Holy Spirit is found on the inside of every born-again believer. You can go to your secret place, go right into the presence of God, hear his voice, worship him face-to-face, -face, not from afar, but up close, come close to him on the inside of your spirit. Because now you literally have, if you're born again, you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you. And you can commune with him. You can talk to him. You can hear him. You can know him. You can worship him, not just through religious motions, but heart to heart, spirit to spirit. It's the secret place. Come on, somebody say, it's the secret place. I want to encourage you today. Go to your secret place every single day. I want to encourage you this coming week, practice it both ways. Practice going to your literal secret place, whatever that is. Maybe it is a closet. Maybe it is your baño. I don't know what it is. Maybe it is your car, okay? But go to your secret place and worship. But I want to challenge you with something. Find a moment this week where you're surrounded by other people and you go to your secret place, the holy of holies on the inside of you. And even under your breath, in your heart, you don't even have to say anything. Worship him. Yes? Worship in the spirit. In fact, 
if we're going to worship in the spirit, like Jesus said, worship in spirit, it has to be by the spirit. The only people who can worship like this are people who have been born again by the spirit of God. And today, if you've never been born again, if you don't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, you can. Even right now, where you're sitting, repent of your sins, turn your heart to Jesus, the Holy Spirit will come live on the inside of you, and he will turn your heart into his temple. He will turn your heart into the secret place of worship. Jesus said, the Father, or God, is spirit, so we can only truly worship him by his spirit, right? If God is spirit, the only way to worship him is by his spirit. In fact, I I really like the fact that the Holy Spirit is our helper, right? One of the things he helps us do is worship in the spirit. Maybe you ought to ask the Holy Spirit, help me, teach me how to worship in spirit. Now, I'll just say this before we move on to truth. I've noticed personally, I'm not saying this as a doctrine, I've just noticed it personally, that worshiping in spirit, worshiping in the secret place, having relationship and communion with the Holy Spirit through worship, for me has been the very best way to tap into that fresh bubbling river of life. If I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, my number one thing is to start to worship in the Spirit. There's access. Jesus called it a fresh, bubbling spring, right? Just try it. If this week you're feeling dry in your heart, you need a touch from God, just start to worship Him in the Spirit, in the secret place. We gotta plug our worship into spirit, it's inward. But we also must plug our worship into truth, which basically is outward worship, okay? I like to call it lifestyle worship. Lifestyle worship, and what do I mean by that? Lifestyle worship is this, I worship God with the way I live my life. I worship God with my actions, with my lifestyle, right? It's outward expression. Now, most people, when they think of outward worship, outward expressions of worship, what's the first thing we automatically think? We just did it, right? Music, singing, right? In fact, there's a whole genre of music called worship, right? You can go on Spotify and just type in worship, and it's going to bring up this whole list of Music, because most people relate worship to music. There's a reason for that. The Bible is full of worship through music, okay? But worshiping God through music is simply an outward expression of what must be happening in the secret place. The music must first be in my heart. The music must first be happening inside Because we can literally come, listen, this is something I want us to really grab a hold of today. This is something that can truly change your life. We can come into church or a setting like this and sing all of the songs 
even lift our hands or dance or whatever you want to do to outwardly worship. But if it's not happening in the secret place, it's not worship. It's music. It's dancing. It's clapping. Last time I went to a Braves game, which we used to be able to do, people were dancing, clapping, chanting, singing, doing all the stuff we do in church, but it wasn't worship. Well, it might have been worship of something. Well, I've always found it interesting that Christians can go to a football game and go nuts, but when they come into church, it's like, I ain't trying to pick on nobody. But worship comes out in outward expression, but let's make sure it's not just an outward expression. Let's make sure it's happening in the secret place on the inside and that our singing and clapping and dancing and everything we do outwardly to express worship, instruments and all of that, let's make sure it's happening on the inside so that what happens on the outside actually counts in heaven. I want music to be plugged into heaven. I want my singing to be plugged into heaven, yes? But music and singing worship is one important, but just one way to worship in truth, to worship outwardly. Throughout the Old and New Testament, giving was the most prominent form of outward worship. What do I mean by giving? Giving, they, they would bring their tithes and offerings to God, okay? They would give of their resources, what we call money, right? They would give, they would bring their offerings, okay? In fact, one of the first accounts of worship in the Bible was when two brothers brought an offering, right? And one, it looks like he just brought it outwardly. And the other one brought it inwardly and outwardly, and it was accepted by God. Who were those brothers? Cain and Abel, right? One of the most prominent ways to worship God in truth, as in, I'm not just worshiping you with my lips, I'm not just worshiping you on the inside, but with my lifestyle, I'm proving I'm a worshiper of God, is through my giving. I love you and I trust you enough to bring you my tithes and my offerings. Another way that is so clear in the Bible, it, well, first of all, tithes and offerings, we give the first and the best to God, right? That's one of the ways to not only say I worship you, but to prove it. I give him the first and I give him the best. But another way is to give to the poor. To give to the poor. The Bible says that he who gives to the poor, you know the rest of it, is lending to God. And by the way, he repays <laughs> with interest, right? <laughs> Giving is another way to worship in truth, to worship outwardly. Another way to worship in truth is relationships. Basically, treating others as you wish to be treated. <laughs> the golden rule right? Do to others as you'd have them do to you. Treat others with the love and the kindness and the respect that you would hope to be treated with. 
When you do that unto God, it's worship. When you treat people kindly unto God, God goes, she's worshiping me right now. When you speak kindly to someone who's not kind to you, worship. Worship. But the truest form of lifestyle worship, the truest form, and all the others could be combined and put together in this one, okay? Obedience to God's word is the truest form of worship. Because that covers everything we already just said. <laughs> it covers the singing, it covers the giving, it covers the relationships, it covers everything we, read, we, we learned about worshiping in the spirit. Obedience to God's word. Every time I consciously obey God's word, my life is doing what we sang in the last song. Day and night, night and day. Awesome. But really... But really, did you know your life either is a sweet or a stinky aroma before the throne of God? I better say that to the preacher himself. My life, the way I live my life is either elevating a sweet, pleasing or stinky, not pleasing aroma before the throne of God. And the way to make my life worship a pleasing aroma, that sweet incense like that we see in the Old Testament and that we read about in the book of Revelation, is obedience to his word. When I live my life to obey his word, my life is constantly releasing worship unto God. That is worshiping him in truth. Some of us need to plug our obedience in. <laughs> we need to plug our worship into obedience. I want to just give you one more thing today. Is that all right? There is a gift for those who are true worshipers. There is a gift. And the gift is that when we are introduced into what true worship is, we get the revelation of Jesus. Like you get to know him, which is the greatest gift of all. It's the biggest reward for a real worshiper. The gift of the true worshiper is revelation of Jesus. When we're introduced to true worship, we, hear, we get to hear what the Samaritan heard. What did, he, what did she hear? I am. I am he. She genuinely, listen, this is, this is so important. She genuinely cared about true worship. As broken as she was, as bad as her past had been, she genuinely cared about true worship. And Jesus very clearly showed her what true worship was. And as she was introduced to true worship, she got to know who God was. That is the gift. That is the reward of a true 
worshiper. I don't know about you, but we need to yearn to know God. And I have experienced that the more I worship him, the more I get to know him. And the more I get to know him, the more I worship him. And then the more I worship him, the more I get to know him. And then the more I get to know him, the more I worship him. Worship is the way to know him. Which, by the way, is the point of everything, right? Isn't the whole point to know God and to love him and to enjoy him? Just to wrap this up today, I wanted, you, I wanted to give you something that I think we can all remember and take home with us this week, okay? How do I remember how to plug my worship in? Everybody say, holy. I want you to remember this week how to plug your worship in. Remember, H. O-L-Y. Come on, can you say, he's holy? How about say, you are holy. H, Holy Spirit. It's worship in the Spirit by the Holy Spirit. Worship in the secret place in the Spirit on the inside of you where the Holy Spirit dwells and the Holy Spirit will help you to worship properly. Oh, obedience. <laughs> obedience to His Word. Every time you obey, you are worshiping Him. L lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Not just religious motions. It's a lifestyle. I aim to worship God with my whole entire lifestyle. The way I live my life and why yearn, desire Him. Press in to know Him. Press into Jesus until you hear Him say, I am He. Right? Yearn, desire. H, Holy Spirit. O, obedience. L, lifestyle. Y, yearn. Holy. That's the one word. We see all the angels and the saints and the elders and the living beings and everyone around the throne of God. What do they say? Holy, holy, holy. Let me say it again. Holy, holy, holy. One more time. Holy, holy, holy. You are worthy of all of my worship. I want to be a true worshiper. I want my life to please you, God. I want you, Father. I want to be one of those worshipers that you're looking for and you find me. Come on, I hope that's you. I want you to tell them in your own way and in your own words today. Father, as you're looking for true worshipers, I want when your eyes pass over me, I want your eyes to stop and say, there's one. She worships me. 
truly worships me in spirit in the secret place he truly worships me with his lifestyle with his obedience oh she really truly yearns to know me he's pressing in to me to know me come on can we say one more time holy 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 now the only possible way to end our service today would be to worship right <laughs> but before we do I want to invite everyone if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes take a look into your secret place today have you been born again see the first thing that's so important is to be a be able to be a worshiper in spirit and in truth you've got to be born of the spirit Jesus said, if we want to see God, if we want to see the kingdom of God, we've got to be born of the Spirit or by the Spirit. You must have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you if you want to be a true worshiper. And the way to be born again is to repent of my sins, believe in Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross. And then through the cross, I come to God the Father now as a son as a daughter you'll be born again if you'll turn your heart away from sin you'll turn your heart to God the Holy Spirit will come live on the inside of you he'll make you a son he'll make you a daughter and he'll teach you to be a true worshiper with every head bowed every eye closed because this is a very personal decision is there anyone in the house this morning who says that's me before we start singing again and before we leave out of this place and go try to live our lives as worshipers, first be sure you're born again. Or maybe you've confessed Jesus before or maybe you used to follow Jesus but now you've been backslidden, now you're far away. Today you wanna to come home to God. Whatever the case may be, if today you need to make a decision to truly follow Jesus, I wanna ask if you just pop your hand up and down real quick. Say, that's me, okay? Who else says, that's me? All right? Now, just very quickly, whether you raised your hand or not, that really isn't the point. I wanna pray a prayer, all of us today. And if that's you, if you're making a first-time decision to follow Jesus, or if you've been backslidden and you're coming home, or you're simply making the decision today, I'm truly gonna follow Jesus. How about to, together as a family, we all pray this prayer and you mean it in your heart. Let's say, Father, Father, I come to you today, now, through the cross of Jesus Christ. I believe, Jesus, you came, you went to the cross, you died in my place to pay the price for my sins. Today, even now, I repent. I turn away from my sinful lifestyle and I turn my life completely over to you. Jesus, forgive me, cleanse me. I wanna be born again. Holy Spirit, come live on the inside of me. Teach me to follow Jesus. Teach me and help me to be a true worshiper. I belong to you. In the name of Jesus, 
Amen. I believe if you made that decision today, you're going to experience a true, powerful change in your life. Now, we can't leave without practicing a few minutes what we learned. So if we could, let's all just stand to our feet. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.